God our Father, from our Lord Jesus, dear friends. Part of God's word that we'll give our attention to this morning comes from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 13. Finally, brothers and sisters, goodbye. Aim for perfection. Listen to my appeal. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints send their greetings. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This is God's Word. Finally, brothers and sisters, goodbye. Seems like a fitting way to start today. I mean, over two months ago when I shared with all of you that I had accepted the call to serve in Thamesville, it seemed like the time for saying goodbye was such a long ways off. But now it's here. And I'm grateful that all of you are here today so that I have this opportunity one more time to share God's Word with you as we say goodbye. And it is kind of an interesting little word. It's one that we use so often that we maybe don't give it a whole lot of thought. But it really means more than just, I'm leaving. More like a prayer. Or better yet, an assurance that you give to people that you are leaving. Especially when those people you are leaving are children of God. I mean, by all accounts, that word goodbye is simply a contraction of the phrase, God be with you. So as I say goodbye today, I don't mean to simply say I'm leaving. I mean to give you the same reminder that the Apostle Paul gave to the Corinthians, that the God of love and peace will be with you. As Paul closes out this letter, he gives the Christians in Corinth some final encouragements as to how they are to conduct themselves as God's people. But more importantly, he gives them a final assurance as to how God will conduct himself as their God. And as I dug into these words, I realized pretty quickly that I could do no better today than to simply share these same encouragements with you and to offer you that same assurance. So let's start with the encouragement. Paul writes, Aim for perfection and listen to my appeal. Paul had devoted a lot of time and penned a lot of words to these Christians in Corinth. He had helped to start this congregation on his second missionary journey, spending almost a year and a half in that place. He wrote at least three letters to this congregation, though the Lord has seen fit to preserve only two of them for us. After his initial work there, he visited once, maybe twice more. And so over the course of those many contacts that he had with this congregation, he had lots of opportunities to share and to teach them many things. Things like the authority and power of God's Word. The certainty of Jesus' resurrection. He talked with them about proper worship, about the roles of men and women, about church discipline, about faithful Christian 
stewardship, about spiritual gifts, about Christian freedom, the Lord's Supper, and so many other things. And so now when he says to them, aim for perfection and listen to my appeal, he's really asking them, telling them to put all that together, to take to heart everything he had shared with them, to stay away from everything that he had warned them about, to put into practice everything that he had encouraged them to do. It's a pretty tall order. I mean, imagine me saying to you today, think about all of the Bible studies that we've worked through together over these seven years. Consider all of the sermons that you've heard from me over that time. I'm sure you remember them all, right? Think about any personal encouragements from God's Word that I shared with you, maybe in your home or a hospital room or at the graveside of a loved one. Put all of that together. Take it to heart. Put it into practice in your life. Pretty tall order, right? And yet that's the encouragement that Paul had for the Corinthians. That's the encouragement that I have for you. And really it's one that we find again and again on the pages of Scripture. Here's just one example. Blessed are those who hear the Word of God and obey it. Aim for perfection. Listen to my appeal. Paul has another encouragement. He says to the Corinthians, be of one mind, live in peace. This also was a very important encouragement for this congregation because the folks in Corinth had dealt with a lot of division, a lot of factions. There were some in that congregation who had kind of aligned themselves more closely with some of the various pastors that they had had over the years, people like Paul and Apollos. And as a result of that, some little cliques had formed within the congregation. On top of that, we learn about that congregation that when they gathered for worship and the celebration of the Lord's Supper, sometimes there were some groups that kind of separated themselves from other groups, started while others hadn't even yet arrived. You can imagine some of the problems that that would cause. With all the spiritual and doctrinal things that Paul had taught this congregation, it's clear that there were many folks there who had all kinds of different ideas about these things he was telling them. A lot of division, a lot of faction. So Paul had reminded them that there is only one foundation on which God's people can truly be built. That's the Lord Jesus. By the work of the Holy Spirit, he brings us into one body in Jesus. Paul wanted the Corinthians to recognize that, to celebrate that, to maintain that unity that they had in Jesus. Be of one mind, live in peace. I think that's a pretty important encouragement for this congregation as well. I mean, over the past seven or eight years, you've had a number of different pastors serving you and other called workers who have come and gone for various reasons. Over more than 20 years now, the ministry of this congregation has been divided geographically across two campuses. We have several different styles of worship that we use here at Bethany. Multiple services every weekend, and we have some folks who are regulars at that same service every week and others who kind of spread themselves out across various services. Add to that over the last couple of years here, 
We've been looking at ways to consolidate or expand ministry on two campuses or one. We've looked at using our properties or other properties. There have been all kinds of ideas brought forward, a lot of starts and stops, a lot of meetings and votes. And all of this, I suppose, is neither good or bad. It's just the way that things have been. But my point is this, that with all of those things, there could have been plenty of opportunity for division and disagreement to take root in this congregation. So how important for us to hear this encouragement, to be of one mind and live in peace and to take it to heart. And I am convinced that all of you have. Because despite all of those things I just mentioned, there continues to be a unity and camaraderie among the members of this congregation that is evident. Those who visit us, they notice it. They tell me about it all the time. It's the reason why you see some of the new faces here that you do. At least one of the reasons. Over the seven years that I've been here, I've noticed it too. I love it. From the moment we walked in here, it was clear that this is a group of people who love each other and enjoy being with one another. Paul tells the Corinthians, greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints send their greetings. see this all the time here at Bethany. Maybe not the holy kisses, but hugs. Nancy, I'm talking to you, and handshakes and greetings. And maybe it seems like a small thing, but it's not. One of my favorite things about this congregation I wish that all of you could have the perspective that me and the other pastors have when we stand up here on a Sunday morning and watch everyone greet one another. Sometimes, truth be told, I feel kind of bad about saying we're going to get started now with the invocation or the opening hymn because God's people are still talking, still enjoying that unity. You know that we don't always or maybe even often get started right on time for Bible study downstairs on Sunday morning. And I recognize that that can be a little frustrating for some, but it doesn't frustrate me much because, again, I hear God's people talking and seeing them, see them enjoy that unity that we have in Jesus. I'm grateful also that it extends beyond just this group here. Very soon I'll be moving on to serve another group of believers down in Deansville, but we here will always be linked in the fellowship of God's holy church. And I pray in the years ahead, while we're, while we're yet here on earth, there'll be more opportunities for us to share these kind of greetings with one another. But even if there are not, I know those opportunities will be waiting for us forever in heaven. So these are the encouragements. Aim for perfection. Listen to my appeal. Be of one mind. Live in peace. Greet one another. As I say goodbye, that's what I want for you as a congregation. That's what God wants for you too. Best of all, God is the one who will make it happen. Paul says the God of love and peace will be with you. That's the assurance that we find in the final words of this letter. Words that we've come to know as the apostolic blessing. Paul says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
we refrain from commenting. Let the blessing stand in its simple, pristine beauty. Those are the words of a professor who taught at our seminary for many years. In a commentary that he wrote on this second letter to the Corinthians, that's all he had to say about this final verse. Let the blessing stand in its simple, pristine beauty. There's something to that, I suppose. Just let God's simple, beautiful words speak for themselves. Let them rest in your hearts and comfort your souls. But the thing is, since we hear these words so often, it can be pretty easy to miss the beauty at times. You know, I wonder over the past seven years, how many times I have shared those words with you or how many times we have spoken them together. Many of our services begin or end with those words. Almost every Sunday and Wednesday Bible study concludes with those words. You know, if we hear them at the beginning of our gathering, maybe our minds are still elsewhere as we're kind of getting settled in. If we hear them at the end, maybe we're already kind of packing up and thinking about what comes next that day. But those words are placed at the beginning and the end of our gathering for a reason. Triune God is speaking to us and reminding us why we have come. Because of His grace, His love, His fellowship. That's what calls God's people from their homes each week to worship and praise Him. That's what sends God's people out into the world with renewed strength to offer themselves as living sacrifices to God. So yes, we could refrain from commenting and simply let the blessing stand in its simple, pristine beauty. But it's my last Sunday here. So let's take a little time to just kind of renew our appreciation of that wonderful blessing that we say so often and see the assurance that God gives us through this. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine there is a wealthy man walking down the street of a busy city and he sees a homeless man sitting there on the curb, maybe looking kind of dirty, hungry. So he helps him up. He checks him into a hotel. He gets him clean clothes, good food. And then he tells him that from this day forward, you're going to have everything that you need. And I'm going to pay for it. Is that grace? Now think about that same man in the same situation. Only this time, he takes that man to his own home gives him some of his own clothes, sits him down at his table and prepares dinner for him, and then says to him, from this day forward, everything that I have, my home, my clothes, my wealth, my family, it's yours. Now we're getting a little closer to the grace of our Lord Jesus. I mean, when he found us, we were more than dirty and hungry and homeless and helpless. We were enemies of God, dead in our sin. We couldn't help ourselves. We didn't deserve to be helped, and we didn't even want His help. But He helped us anyway. He took our sin, our guilt, and shame, and made it His own, and did away with it once and for all by giving up His life on the cross for us. And in exchange, He took His holiness, His righteousness, and gave it to us as an entirely free gift. Jesus said, my home, my wealth, my clothes, even my own father are yours. 
forever. That's the grace of our Lord Jesus. It's that grace that moves us to confess our sins each week because we know how surely God will forgive them. It's that grace that moves us to confess our faith in God because we know that it is the greatest and dearest truth that our hearts contain. The grace of our Lord Jesus is what moves us to gather regularly to hear the Word because we know that God is going to assure us once again of everything that He's done for us. The grace of our Lord Jesus inspires our entire lives. The love of God does the same. God's love for us is so overwhelming, so all-encompassing, that no matter where we look, we see it. We see it most clearly, of course, in the person of His own Son, whose birth we are about to celebrate once again. You know the passages. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. This is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as the atoning sacrifice for our sin. God demonstrated His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If God would have stopped right there with the gift of His Son, His love for us would have still far exceeded any love we could ever imagine. But God doesn't stop there. Romans 8 says, He who did not spare His own Son but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also along with Him graciously give us all things? Do you see the extent of God's love for you every single day? Are you connected to a Christian congregation? Do you have a family? Have you experienced the joy of meaningful work in life? Then, Have there been periods of time in your life that you've enjoyed relatively good health? Do you have a roof over your head or a home? Are you regularly fed? Are you kept safe? Does the sun ever shine on you? Do you see the blessings of creation around you? We could ask questions like this all day, and if the answer to even one of them is yes, because of God's love for us. God's love inspires our entire life of worship, our songs of praise, our prayers of thanksgiving, our lives of service, our gifts of love. They're all fueled by God's love for us that gave us Jesus, and along with him, countless other blessings, both now and for eternity. Fellowship of the Holy Spirit. People who have experienced the grace of the Lord Jesus and who know the love of God, we now stand in a close relationship with God. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives us this blessing of fellowship with God. You know that word fellowship means to have a close relationship with someone or a common share something. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings us into a close relationship with God and gives us a common share in all His blessings. When we are baptized, when we hear and learn the Word, when we receive the Lord's Supper, the Holy Spirit is there at work creating and strengthening our fellowship with God. And at the very same time He's doing that, strengthening our fellowship with one another. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says, There is one body, us and all believers who have been called one hope. Together we have one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. We're social creatures. We long for companionship, and the Holy Spirit provides that for us within the fellowship of the Holy Christian Church and congregations like this one. That's what fuels our desire to gather around word and sacrament on a regular basis, 
because we want what the Holy Spirit is offering. Fellowship with the Almighty God and fellowship with God's people. By God's grace, we have it. And it will be ours to enjoy for all eternity. Brothers and sisters, as we say goodbye today, I'd like us to speak these words of the blessing together one more time. To remind ourselves that even though we go our separate ways, we know for certain that the God of love and peace will be with all of us, always. So please join with me. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. Amen.